You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Wednesday, June 1st. If I'm not mistaken, that's right. Wednesday, June 1st, I believe it is the start of Pride Month, if I'm not mistaken. So happy Pride Month, you all. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always, the most Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Fires on Base, Off Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, where I'm a staff writer. I do a whole bunch of stuff over there. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-E-N-O. All right, you can check that out. Check that out at LO underscore Padres as well on Twitter. Be sure to check that out for live tweets during the game. And then for my own account, just a bunch of weird thoughts and what have you. Just vibes. You know what I'm saying? And also, if you want to see my Bullworth Academy shirt that I am rocking, let me tell you, I feel much less chubby when I'm wearing black clothes. So for all the people, if you want some eye candy of good old Reyes, you know what I'm saying? If you want something a little bit more appealing to look at, I look better in black, I must say. Leave me some comments on what you think, guys, especially if you know the reference from what game I'm talking about. Um, But anyway, guys, also, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. Platforms, I spent too much time on this intro already. I must must admit that. But we're going to be talking today about the Padres losing the first two games against the Cardinals in somewhat kind of heartbreaking fashion, especially with the second game. Uh, And just giving my thoughts on all that and some thoughts on future episodes and what we're going to be doing. And yeah, I mean, this is not the best of events to happen for the Padres, right? They lose a game against the Pirates. They only win two out of three. Wishes that they had gotten the sweep, if not for a blown save from Taylor Rogers, who personally I think was due, but kind of the same story uh, going on here for the Padres, which is just a real lack of offense. Um, Let's first talk about the overall peripheral stats. And that's firstly, let's talk about Adam Wainwright, an absolute gem from him in this game, seven innings. No earned runs, only two hits allowed, one walk, and 10 strikeouts. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the guy still has it. And it's by far his season high, if I'm not mistaken. His last couple outings, he had two strikeouts. Three, five, two, four, three, six, seven, six. Not necessarily a super strikeout artist. Absolutely killed the Padres tonight. He looked wicked. Um, I will say, I will say, so by the umpiring crew, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more with Manny Machado in just a second, but in this game, Profar, three strikeouts, two from Manny Machado, uh, two from Jorge Alfaro, two from Trent Grisham, um, but a lot of bad calls overall, and uh, speaking of the bad calls, Manny Machado gets tossed in this game at one point, let me see, I, th- I think it was in the the, the top of the seventh, I forgot exactly. Let me see if I could pull it up. It looks like top of the sixth inning, uh, May Machado struck out. And it didn't look like it was necessarily that call in particular. The strikeout pitch is what Manny was upset about. But he ends up getting ejected after arguing the balls and strikes. And then Bob Melvin also gets ejected. So do I think it was warranted, the ejection? No. Usually I don't think with players, unless they're throwing their helmets all over the place and they're cursing at the umpire after balls and strikes, I don't toss out stars. That's just me, though. And we all know how umpires can get. Uh, same thing for Bob Melvin. It happened over commercial break. I went to the bathroom because why not? It's a commercial break. This is what happens. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I'm in a weird mood today, let me tell you. Uh, so that wasn't good, right? Um, and I think that it 
was consistently on both sides. Last inning as well, you can see him on an 0-1 pitch. Just really bad umpiring overall. I'm, I'm curious to see what the umpire kind of scorecard, if anybody's familiar on Twitter, uh, what that ends up coming out with exactly what kind of, how many missed calls, what was the call percentage, what was the strike percentage, all that sort of stuff. But definitely both ways, not a very well-called game for sure by the umpiring crew. But I will say something that needs to be talked about here is Manny Machado, Personally, first thing that kind of came to mind, or at least one of the things that came to mind for Machado, is you get ejected here, and you're arguing balls and strikes. You're really important. They could have used you at some point maybe in this game, maybe to play third base, right? Maybe to grab the ball in a kind of a situation where um, Tommy Edmonds steals third, which ends up leading to the sacrifice fly by Albert Pujols, his second sacrifice fly. Uh, of the game to win the game. And maybe if, if Manny Machado is covering third base, does he actually manage to hold on to that ball that's thrown to Kim? Wasn't that the best? No, but maybe Manny Machado makes that play, right? Maybe he gets another RBI. Maybe he, j- we don't, don't know for sure, right? Uh, it's a bitter hit. I don't know. Uh, you know, this is a guy who was very publicly kind of livid with Fernando Tatis Jr. getting really antsy about balls and strikes and being a little bit annoyed because, hey, it's, you know, come on, we can't lose you like that, right? Well, Manny Machado, we lost you. You know what I'm saying? From you arguing balls and strikes. Now, before you listeners get upset, I understand that there's some differences here. First of all, Machado's older. He's the veteran presence. He's allowed a little bit more say in these matters. Second, you know, that was a different scenario in the sense that the Padres were skidding, right? They were falling apart. It was a collapse. And it was later on in the season, while this is still pre-All-Star break, hard to necessarily feel like the season's ending. You know, I mean, this early on, especially when the team has been winning and being pretty good so far early on in the year with their 30 wins, right? We have 30 wins, right? Let me make sure we have 30 wins. Yeah, we have 30 wins. Uh, with with a 30-win team that's been, you know, 12 games over 500, whatever, like, they've been good. And then the other thing that's different is the Tatis when he was up and, uh, by the call of strikes and whatnot that Machado and him arguing in the dugout with was that was also like one of his first, it was either his first or second at bat of that game. So it was early on in the game. You know what I mean? Well, this for Manny was a little bit later. So there are some, some differentiations, but I figured it was worth at least mentioning that for Manny, considering how he was upset with, with Tatis and how you can't be selfish like that. And we need you. You can't be doing that. It's not all about you. Well, unfortunately, Manny gets tossed in this game. Um, but yeah, uh, and, t- and also, by the way, on that sack fly by Albert Pujols does have to be given credit. That was a extremely weird way for me to phrase that sentence. But there does have to be credit given to Mr. Lars Newtbar, a laser from Lars Newtbar. Uh, look, I talked about it with Lucas Smith on the crossover episode. Um, this is what happens sometimes, right? With the Cardinals is that they've got great defensive players all over the place. They make good plays like this, whether it's Yadier Molina, his famous, you don't run on him type of stuff, right? Whether it is, I mean, he's not there right now, Tyler O'Neill, or whether it is obviously Nolan Arenado, whether it's Tommy Edmond, all those gold glovers, just a team that's consistently for a few years now, just had really good defensive play. Not a surprise. Uh, should they have sent Azokar on that play? That's a debate. I think Zokar's got some level of speed. I will say, given that it was a shallow uh, single by Profar, maybe it wasn't the best decision. But then again, you're in away territory. I understand if you're saying, you know what, they get last licks. It's man on second rule. We kind of want to, um, you know, try and take the lead right here and have Rodgers come in and get the save. But unfortunately, that isn't the case. 
It kind of stinks. Kind of stinks. Kind of stinks for sure, guys. But before we get into one last thing we have to talk about in the game, which is Blake Snell's start. Uh, before we get into that, guys, and the first game that was played back on Memorial Day. Before we get into that, guys, let me quickly talk to you about... What am I going to talk to you about? Not not the Built Bars. Not the Built Bars today, guys. But I am talking to you about something important. And that is jewelry. All right? Look, look, look. When it comes to, you know, you can celebrate all of life's special moments. I know Mother's Day has passed, but whether it comes to engagement rings, custom pieces, and what have you, you know, finesse jewelry pieces, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile has you covered. There are two parts to this business. There's wedding jewelry, there's fine jewelry, you know, engagement rings, you know, cocktail rings, and gemstone necklaces, all that sort of stuff. Both ideas should be brought to life, right? Whatever your idea is. We want you to make it a reality over at Blue Nile, guys. You know what I'm saying? That's what you need from Blue Nile. And they've got you covered with good prices for whatever you need. You know, it's going to be upcoming for whoever your special somebody is. I ain't going to judge whoever it is. Maybe it could just be a gift, too. They've got you covered with everything you can need, really. Uh, shape, size, clarity, setting style, whatever you need, man. They've got you. They're available 24-7. You can be call them up via phone and, you know, help figure everything out and what have you guys. And because you listen to this podcast, make your moments sparkle with jewelry from bluenile.com by using the code locked on. That's right, guys, for a $50 off bonus from orders, $500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive. Okay. Use code locked on. Remember code locked on for $50 off from your $500 orders. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to go to bluedial.com today. And we're back everybody. Let's 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 bring it back in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. here we go. It's a late night. It's actually not late night. Shout out to these games being at 7:45 my time. For once I am not recording at like 1:30 2 o'clock in the morning. That is very nice. Uh for sure. Let's talk again, guys. Let's keep talking and let's talk about Blake Snow. Uh, Snell in this game, he currently has a 4.8 ERA on the season, but a whip of one, which suggests he has not been giving up too many hits at least. Uh, six innings in this game, two earned runs, three walks, and six Ks. I told you about the sacrifice fight from Pujols. Also, Paul Goldschmidt gets a huge double in the bottom of the third inning. That's where the scores actually happen here. Uh, look. Goldschmidt has been absolutely ridiculous lately. I think they said he had like a 20-game hitting streak or something like that. Goldschmidt is on one. You guys can thank the Rockies for that. Trading him away. Even if, or not not the Rockies, the Diamondbacks. Even though maybe it was a somewhat trade that made sense, considering that they didn't have a lot around him, and they said, you know, we got to rebuild. I get that. But nonetheless, uh, unfortunately, Goldschmidt is just an absolute monster. Uh, on, he also gets two walks on the day. He's just been ridiculous this year, batting 350, I believe. Yeah, he's batting 352 with a 418 on base. Low-key, low-key been an MVP candidate uh, himself in a lot of ways. Obviously, with the defensive stuff, uh, puts Machado far and away and whatnot. But even still, he's been low-key been pretty phenomenal Paul Goldschmidt uh, in the early going uh, of this year 2022 season. But Snell overall, I think the only thing that's worth bringing up here is that it's a quality start uh, in terms of just if you want to get the the too long, didn't listen uh, version of this is he brings in a quality start. And that's really good for a guy that is very much 
struggling with efficiency throughout his whole career. I mean, even when he's been on, even during some of his Cy Young level starts, right? He would be an inefficient pitcher and what have you. Uh, he also generated 15 whiffs in this game, six on his four-seam fastball, and six from his changeup, which was very interesting because his changeup and curveball aren't exactly the pitches that were money for him when he looked good in a Padres uniform. Last year was his fastball slider combination. Actually threw the slider a lot less, only 9% of the time, nine pitches uh, on the night, and then 23 um, uh, curveballs, and then 17 changeups. I just thought that was interesting. I thought it was interesting compared to his last couple starts that he's changing his repertoire around. Hey, I have a little bit of faith in Ruben Niebla. I've talked about this a lot. So I think that if he believes that he can start throwing these curveballs and changeups more, and it's not just fastball slider, then okay. I will say that his high fastballs seem to just not the way Mackenzie Gore throws them. He locates that pitch a lot better. That's why it's got such a great run value on it. His four seam fastball compared to Snell's, but nonetheless, I thought he looked pretty good. He was throwing hard and I love to see that. And the fact that he made it pretty um, far into the game, uh, I think was really, really encouraging uh, for sure. Um, that's really cool. Uh, not much else to report there. Uh, Snell, Hopefully we can get something out of him. You know, if we can keep getting outings like this, I'm more than happy. And if he can manage the control and locate that fastball a little bit better, then I'd be even more encouraged because Lord knows the Padres are going to need really great pitching throughout the whole season with the way their offense has been performing. Um, I also forgot, speaking of offense, I forgot to mention my apologies, everybody. My apologies. I forgot to mention Trent Grisham hitting another clutch home run in this game to tie it. That's why we went into um, extra innings in the first place. Second home run in like three games. Uh, you know, one being a walk off against the Pirates, of course. Uh, look, with Grisham, there's not much to report here. I still am super concerned about the guy. I've been dogging him for a while. Um, with the way he's been playing this year, one of the worst outfielders in baseball offensively for sure. Um, just, just, just not great uh, from Grisham. Could he be turning it around? Sure. But I do think that it is concerning that he doesn't, he hasn't been hitting the ball hard that he strikes out as much as he does. And he's not a home run guy. You know, he's not a power hitter or anything like that. He does make a good play in center field in last night's game. I will say that out getting um, running for a fly ball, but overall, you know, I, I'm going to need more than this, guys, before I start thinking that Grisham is turning it around. Maybe he's turning it around to being like a 200 hitter, right? Like that's possible that he's just going to start having a positive regression to being major league average or at least not deplorable levels of offense. But I mean, I need more from him. Uh, but even still, shouts to Grisham. He did give them uh, the only reason they were in the game in the beginning. And it was a bomb. I will say that much. So, yeah. That's all to talk about there, guys. Let's talk about the game from Memorial Day really quickly before we talk about some all-encompassing stuff about the old Padres and what have you. Nick Martinez got the start on Monday's game. Uh, the Padres ended up losing this one 6-3, to three, which was very unfortunate um, for sure. But uh, I really didn't blame Nick Martinez in this game. Nick Martinez in this game, six innings, three earned runs on seven hits, four walks, which was was not great, and two strikeouts over 93 pitches. But he battled, man, and he's still got an ERA under four. Right? I brought this up with Manaya, who everybody loves, but he's actually got a lower ERA than Manaya. Uh, Ten whiffs on all of his pitches. Changeup, as usual, looked really good, and his sinker looked pretty solid as well. I think he was okay. I mean, most of the runs that he gives up in this game, if I'm not mistaken he gives up the nolan gorman um home run in the bottom of the third inning they're the rookie over out of st louis who uh lucas smith talked about uh on the podcast uh crossover from 
from the other day. He looked uh, pretty old, pretty good on that home run there. 400 feet on that one, allowing Tommy Edmond also to score. Then he gives up a single to Tommy Edmond later. Uh, but I still thought that he battled, aside from that one blip there from Gorman, who, you know, sometimes rookies come up and they stink, and sometimes they come up and they're great. We don't know how their career is going to transpire uh, in the future, but, you know, hitters are still, or pitchers are still trying to figure him out. Right. That's sometimes what happens. But Gorman so far for the Cardinals been a pretty solid uh, guy for them, especially since their shortstop play wasn't so good with uh, Paul DeJong uh, when he was still up with the team. So shouts to Gorman there. There were some RBIs here from Jackson Profar, Austin Nola and Manny Machado, but unfortunately just not enough overall. The starter for the Cardinals, Patrick Naughton. Is that his name? No, I'm sorry. Packy Naughton. Uh, it was kind of a bullpen day. For the Cardinals, which is why I think this loss stings a whole lot more. You can say the Wainwright start happens. These things happen, right? It's fine. But uh, with Naughton, it's just like, come on, guys. It's a bullpen day. Andre Palante ends up getting the win for them. He goes three and a third innings, giving up only one earned run on five hits. Walking none, striking out five. Oh, man. That stinks. That stinks. That's things. So kind of a bullpen day for the Cardinals, a team that Lucas talked about, a little bit treading water, right? Like this was a team that really uh, needs their stars to go deep because they have games like this, and yet they were able to, and the Padres offense just kind of floundering as usual. Uh, it's not been good. It has not been good. Best of times, worst of times is the way to talk about this Padres team right now, where you have the weekends like they looked against the Giants, but then you have series like against the Pirates where the offense is non-existent. Yes, you pulled it out, but it was the Pirates, right? And then you have this Cardinal series. So uh, not great, guys. But before we kind of conclude this episode and what have you and, you know, kind of wrap things up and what have you, let's talk a little bit about betting, ladies and gentlemen. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's basketball playoffs major league baseball scores fights and even next season's nfl futures that's right today if i'm not mistaken we're gonna be hearing about the madden cover i don't believe bet online has a, a a prop bet for that i don't believe so you should check though they have props for everything usually uh, so go check that out but who knows who the um sound off in the comments who you think it's gonna be we'll see we'll see Anyway, guys, uh, head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. And as as always, guys, I also want to mention uh, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Kind of a little uh, crash course on all things in sports, right? It kind of recaps you on everything. Baseball stuff too. I make appearances on there every now and then. You should definitely check it out. It is good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, for this last kind of segment, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have much too much to talk about. Um, yesterday, I actually put out like a little bit of a, a poll question um, from the Twitter account, just, you know, briefly. And I think that's actually going to be an episode I do this week. And I was talking about the Padres. If they were to make a trade for somebody, particularly probably an outfielder, who would be the guy? that uh you would be you would want Preller to, to trade for in particular. I got a bunch of different answers that I'm gonna talk about, including Ben Attendee, even a Joey Gallo, Kyle Lucas, all sorts of answers, and then gonna give any of my own that I come up with. Um so yeah, I mean look, it's um let me say, look, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't have too much left that I want to talk about aside from just in general, you know, 
upcoming schedules. We've got the Brewers coming again. We have today, by the time you guys are listening to this, um, it'll be an early game against the Cardinals in which it is you Darvish versus Dakota Hudson. Hudson, 25 Ks to 23 walks. So he's had a walk issue this year, 1.41 whip. So do not let the ERA totally fool you. And I let me tell you, the Padres, they're able to draw some walks every now and then, right? <laughs> they're okay at getting some on-base stuff. It's just the slugging that they're not so great. And if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 11th in on-base percentage actually right now. So they've been able to do that. So maybe they can capitalize on Dakota Hudson's um, penchant for Lou maybe uh, allowing a little bit too many free passes. And then you Darvish, who's got a 3.76 ERA, 1.08 whip. Quietly for the Padres, uh, not too bad his last two starts. He went seven innings against the Phillies, gave up no earned runs on six hits, though. And then against the Brewers, six and two-thirds, two earned runs on three. So Darvish kind of bounced a shaky start to the season. Right. Obviously, he had that big blow up against the San Francisco Giants. But other than the Giants and the Braves starts, not too bad for you, Darvish. He's clearly not looks doesn't look like he's what he was kind of those second half second half stretch with the Cubs in 2019 and then all of 2020, where he was a top five level pitcher. He was awesome. Right. Striking out so many guys, a borderline Cy Young candidate. That was the year that um I believe Trevor Bauer wins the Cy Young in 2020. Yeah, he wins it that year. Nelson Lamette, remember when he was awesome? Dang. Oh, Lamette, I missed when you were great. Um, But Darvish has at least been solid, and I think that that's really all you can ask for, right? He's getting up there in age, and the Padres probably, in terms of going all in now, on thinking that Darvish and Snell were going to be Cy Young caliber pitchers, that boat might have sailed, but can they still be very effective? Absolutely. And if everybody can just be a B plus, uh, that can absolutely carry and give you a whole lot of wins for the season, right? So if certain things bounce your way, right? If Tatis comes back, if certain guys in the offense start stepping up, that could absolutely be huge. So it's not all about Darvish coming out and looking like a Cy Young dude. I know it's disappointing that he looked like a Cy Young dude for basically the first, the entire first half of 2021. And then the sticky stuff band comes in just all the clap stuff. I understand it's really frustrating, but I also think that this could be simple age things with you, Darvish. So hopefully he can get a good start here, salvage the series against the Cardinals. Cause then after that, ladies and gentlemen, Padres got some tough games and another set against the Brewers. If I'm not mistaken, is it four games against the Brewers? Give me a sec. Yeah, it's four, it's four games set against the Brewers. And then you've got a three game set against the Mets. Then you've got Colorado and the Chicago Cubs and then Colorado again to ease in the load a little bit. But this is a really big test, right? Really big test of a road trip for the Padres for sure. And with the Brewers, like that's a team that doesn't scare me as much as the Cardinals for some reason. The Cardinals still, and I know this is a little bit of a lazy thing on my part, they still have that edge of San Antonio Spurs. They have that edge of Miami Heat, right? They have that edge of New England Patriots in the sense that you just trust that organization and that franchise to just come up and get wins and find a way because they just seem to always do it, right? Like for whatever reason, uh, they find a way. Replacing star players and having good farm system guys pop up. You just have a trust in what the Cardinals are doing. With the Brewers, on the other hand, not necessarily as much, not a deplorable franchise by any stretch, but not that same level of, oh, yeah, I'm really scared of these guys. I'm scared of their pitchers, for sure. But I have to admit, in a playoff series, I'd feel pretty good about facing the Brewers. At least I feel okay about facing the Brewers, right? I don't think the Padres are necessarily better. They're actually really similar 
in a lot of ways to the Brewers, I'd say, where they have kind of like one or two offensive players that are doing work for them. And then that's kind of it. And then they've got a really awesome starting pitching set. It's really interesting, uh, those two teams, because the Brewers, I know this is a Cardinals podcast, or at least that's the team we're playing, but I don't know. The Brewers are kind of interesting. I've been dogging them a lot, obviously, but the Brewers just have like that deadly, in theory, behemoth of Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, and who's the last one? And Brandon Woodruff. What's funny is Peralta's hurt right now, and Brandon Woodruff has been shaky. Burns has been awesome, and he's probably the front runner for the Cy Young right now. Um, or at least it's close. He's in the top three. Um, but then they've got Aaron Ashby and Eric Lauer, who have been really, really big for them, to make up for the fact that both Woodruff and Peralta haven't been so hot. So they might not have the same die like easy consistency of the rotation that the Padres do, but they make up for it in the fact that Corbin Burns is better than any pitcher potentially that most other teams have in the NL, right? Like he's probably better than Joe Musgrove. Sorry. I hate to say it. Like he's just unbelievable with the fact that he has so much movement and he's just defying physics. I recommend everyone going check out the foolish uh, baseball video on Corbin Burns. It was very, very good. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say there. Um, so very interesting. Team. And their lineup, it's not necessarily being carried by one person. They've just got a bunch of really okay players. I think with Willie Adamas, who's been pretty okay for them. I don't know how he's doing actually this year. He's still on the IL, but he's a pretty interesting player for them. He actually has nine home runs. I didn't even realize that. Wow. Shout out Willie Adamas. Moved from moved from Tampa Bay and just like it was a like he left his ex, his toxic ex or something like that. Yelich on the year, he's been okay. Uh 229 average, 320 on base, 374 slugging. He's been whatever, very up and down for him. But yeah, I mean, they've got some guys there with Luis Urias, but even still. Uh, the Brewers, they just don't scare me as much. I feel like there's a universe where you could just get a couple big hits from Machado, and maybe if Jake Cronenworth figures out, you could beat them. But nonetheless, this is a big test for the Padres. Um, and Jake Cronenworth, by the way, I must say, I still have faith, man. I, 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 I smell it. I feel like it's coming. Don't you? I know he goes 0 for 3 in this game, last night's game, I should say. Uh, in the first game, though, he did go 2 for 4 with an RBI. Or did he have an RBI? No, just a double and a run scored. I feel like it's coming. I'm still nervous, though. I'm still nervous. Um, but then after that series against the Brewers, uh, they do have the Mets, who I'm looking to do a crossover with Mr. Ryan Finkelstein of the Locked On Mets podcast. I'm sure he's going to answer. I'm just going to shoot him over a DM. I talk to him all the time. Uh, talk about that series. Shout out Francisco Lindor, Puerto Rican power, baby. Uh, my second favorite player, of course, uh, that plays the shortstop position in baseball. Come on, guys. But I've loved him for a long time, and it's just really interesting seeing how on fire he's been. It's like 10 straight games with an RBI from last night. That Mets team is so far and away better. I personally think that if they're right, they are the best team in baseball. The reason I say if they're right is because if they have Scherzer and DeGrom, I think that in a playoff series, if you have those two guys coming out for you on top of the fact that they spent well and smart this offseason, Lindor is having a bounce back year, which I think a lot of people expected. His defense has been a little bit shaky, which is odd, but bounce back year for him offensively. He's been on fire. And then you've got Pete Alonzo. And then, like I said, their investments they made in the offseason with Escobar, with Canna, with Starling Marte, right? Uh, I just think that they're just really well built. Luis Guillerme is pretty good, right? Like they've got so much stuff on that Mets team. Jeff McNeil's a hitting machine. Jeff McNeil is kind of like 
a guy that the Padres could really use, just a guy who's just going to be solid and get you some hits. Um, and then they, of course, need some power. So they need everything. That's basically what I'm saying. They maybe don't need a Jeff McNeil, actually. They might need a, you know, a, just a power hitter. They need someone who's going to hit for power for them. Uh, and that's one of the problems with the Padres right now is they don't have extra base hits. They can't get them when they need them to, right? Hassan Kim, good start to the year. I loved what I was seeing from him. Better hard hit rate stuff. Better in terms of just making contact and what have you. Better walk rate and turning a lot of his pulled pitches because he tends to be a pull hitter but turning them into fly balls and resulting in some big home runs for the team early on in the year, but has not been all that great as of late. I thought that he was going to maybe be a 240, 250 hitter. I don't know what he's going to be now. Uh, so really concerning stuff for the Padres. But nonetheless, guys, that's basically all I have of my little filibuster moment here. <laughs> kind of a filibuster at the end of this podcast, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. In terms of the future of this pod, I'm thinking tomorrow, um, tomorrow or Friday, Right tomorrow or Friday, we're going to do a breakdown of potential trade targets for the Padres early on. Right, this is probably something that we're going to relitigate uh, in the future. But going to talk about some of the guys that you all replied to me with that tweet from the Lockdown Padres account. Give my thoughts on it, and then also going to be doing a crossover with Millard Thomas of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Probably again Thursday or Friday. I don't know the exact order. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, just to have someone to talk to. Uh, I think about all this sorts of stuff and the D-backs who have Christian Walker, who has been low-key really awesome, by the way. He's just hitting home runs. I just saw while recording this podcast, he had a big hit, if I'm not mistaken, against... Are they playing the Dodgers right now? No. Who the heck are they playing? I don't know who they're playing right now, but they're doing stuff, right? So shouts to Millard, at least something to be happy about over there. And then, of course, uh, I'm still working on doing my thoughts on the Joe Musgrove potential extension Maybe next week, maybe this week, depending on when I can write it. Going through some personal stuff right now, some a little, little bit of anxiety stuff. So working on that. So I'm trying to get myself into it. But uh, that's what you can expect, guys. You got to expect to keep the faith too. That's important. That's important, everybody. But with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care. Yeah!